every possible vile thing you can ever think of to say about a special needs. You're okay, honey. Don't even look at her. A trip to the nail salon ends with a call to police. How a girl with special needs became a target. Plus, rethinking your ICBC renewal. It gives people pause to think about whether it's the right move for them at this point. The new rate structure that could save you money and why some drivers are out of luck. And inviting Invictus to BC. It's a fantastic uh, location. Victoria makes the finals to host Prince Harry's pet project. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. A disturbing confrontation at a nail salon caught on video and posted online is getting a lot of attention tonight. A verbal assault launched at a young woman with special needs. Grace Key tells us what happened and how RCMP are responding. And a warning, some of the language in this story may be offensive. You're okay, honey. Don't even look at her. Courtney's mother and salon workers are rushing to console the 18-year-old after a woman loses her temper and hurls out offensive language. If that wasn't shocking enough, Courtney lives with special needs. She said every possible vile thing you can ever think of to say about a special needs. She said she was a retarded Um, Shame on you for bringing the idiot into the world like this, that she should die. Jesus do not, does not love a girl like that. It happened Friday night at a Surrey nail salon. The woman was paying when she noticed Courtney staring at her. And she says, yeah, she's staring. Teach your kids some manners. And my mom says, she's special needs. She doesn't understand. And then the lady just went off from there. And the lady is egging my mom on. Hit me, hit me, she goes. And my mom has her arm back like this, ready to hit this lady. And all the, everybody was getting involved trying to separate them. People managed to get the woman outside and quickly locked the door. She stood there for several minutes on the phone, screaming through the window. And my little sister, she's hysterical. You can't even control her. And she has her hands up and she says, why I die? Why I die? Both parties called Surrey RCMP, who are now investigating the incident. Can there be legal consequences for saying hateful things in a public place? The answer is yes. Whether or not the elements of a hate crime have been established in this incident, that's still under investigation by officers at this time. That's completely unacceptable. In my opinion, that's a hate crime. That's a definition of a hate crime. She was demeaning a a girl with disabilities. What was supposed to be a fun outing with her family has Courtney still terrified, afraid she'll see the woman in public. Grace Key, Global News. Andrew Barry, the Oak Bay father who has pleaded not guilty to the murders of his two daughters, once again under cross-examination today. The Crown challenging Barry's testimony, including his apparent lack of concern for his daughter's safety, despite his story that people coming to collect money that he could not repay. Rumina Dea was in court today and has more on what happened. There are no henchmen. There is no Paul. The story made up, suggested Crown. Andrew Barry disagreed. Paul is the Chinese casino loan shark Barry claimed he owed $25,000 to, plus interest in gambling debts. Barry admits he was frightened when enforcers came to his apartment five times, twice to drop off paper bags of drugs. But he testified he was not worried for the girls' safety, who were home watching a movie on one occasion. Crown, did you think how this would affect the safety of the girls? No, replied Barry. 
later choking up, telling the jury, I'm just not that bright. I thought it would be easy. They'd come and go. Barry claims he was stabbed twice in his apartment and that someone else tried to kill his daughters. Crown's theory, Barry murdered the girls and then tried to commit suicide because he was in debt, he hated his ex and his parents, and he was on the brink of losing his children. Romina Dea, Global News. Criminal charges have been laid against a Vancouver man accused of assaulting two Vancouver police officers. It happened last Wednesday at Pacific and Thurlow near Sunset Beach. Officers called the area for reports of a man yelling and possibly hallucinating. Two female officers tried to arrest the suspect, but a struggle ensued and they were allegedly attacked. 50-year-old Frank Pacella is now charged with one count each of assaulting a police officer, assaulting a police officer causing bodily harm, resisting arrest and escaping lawful custody. And the VPD are asking for the public's help after a 49-year-old man was found around 9 o'clock last Wednesday night in the downtown east side suffering from serious injuries. He remains in hospital. Police are now looking for tips from the public to help figure out what happened and lead them to a suspect. A passerby came across this injured man in the south lane of the unit block of East Hastings Street, close to Carroll Street. He was taken to hospital where he's in serious but stable condition. Anyone with information is asked to call Vancouver Police Major Crime Section or Crime Stoppers. RCMP on Vancouver Island believe they have now seized the vehicle involved in a deadly hit and run over the weekend. Early Saturday morning, a man's body was found in the middle of the road in the 200 block of Hearst Avenue in Parksville. A forensic examination of a 1999 Black Ford F-250 with a lift kit is now underway to confirm that it is, in fact, the vehicle that struck the 32-year-old victim. Anyone with information or surveillance footage that could advance the investigation is asked to call Oceanside RCMP or Crime Stoppers. RCMP and 100 Mile House need your help to locate a young woman. Amy is 22 years old and has not been seen since Sunday. She left the Vernon area around lunchtime and was headed to Mahood Lake area but has yet to arrive. Amy is believed to be driving a yellow 2000 Volkswagen Beetle similar to this one with BC license plate fl 2 87V. Anyone with information on Amy's whereabouts or vehicle is asked to call RCMP. The new rate structure changes coming September 1st to ICBC are promising some drivers the possibility of lower premiums. But what if you had to renew your insurance this summer? Richard Zussman takes a look at whether it's worth your while to cancel and start over a week, start over a week from now. It's a common term in BC's insurance world. The plate is the policy. And that could be especially important when major changes come into effect at ICBC come September 1st. Based on early returns, more than half of British Columbians are actually saving money on the new policies under the new rate structure. And that means some people could be waiting a long time in order to see those benefits. You will have to cancel that current plate and be issued a new one. So there will be fees associated with the cancellation. But it could be worth your while. There's a $30 cancelling fee plus $18 for that new plate ICBC requires you to get with any policy cancellation. On top of that, there's an additional $15 if you're on a payment plan. 
All of this could cost you as high as $63 just to get out of an existing plan, but that could be less than what you would pay under the new rate structure. It's not something the public insurer is recommending. So it's recommended that customers wait to receive their renewal reminder in the mail uh, before they go to visit their auto plan broker to get a renewal for their quote. But for those customers wanting a break, it will require some legwork to actually determine whether the insurance savings are greater than the cancellation fees. We need to know the exact drivers of the vehicle, so that's dates of birth and driver license numbers, as well as the exact serial number of the vehicle as well. That's the only way we can give you an accurate prediction of what it's going to be at the end of the day for your new policy. As for whether the public insurer would waive the cancellation fee or the cost of getting that new plate, the public insurer says by waiting, some people are actually paying less and some are paying more. If they get rid of the fee, everyone will pay. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. North Vancouver RCMP are warning the public tonight about a recent trend involving phony smartphones. RCMP say victims can connect online with someone who purports to be reselling a name brand smartphone at below market prices. The phones are extremely realistic looking. It's only after the buyer takes the phone home and starts opening individual settings and applications that they realize something is up. Since the beginning of 2019, North Vancouver RCMP have seized at least 15 counterfeit smartphones. Anyone who's been a victim of this kind of scam is encouraged to contact their local police. An employee at Summerhill Winery in Kelowna has been fired and arrested after a hidden camera was discovered in the staff washroom. The device was located last Friday and the man could be charged with voyeurism. Police say they have seized evidence but have yet to determine how many victims may be involved. We reached out to Summerhill Winery CEO Ezra Sipes, who said they have done a sweep of their facility and they've made sure there are no other cameras. The accused is set to appear in court at a later date. A man and his best friend spent the night on a trail near Bunsen Lake after slipping in treacherous terrain. Hunter, a Burmese mountain dog, was tackling the trails with his owner when his owner says he fell backwards, knocking the dog down into a ravine. Too sore and too tired to hike to safety, Coquitlam RCMP were called, who then contacted search and rescue. Crews were able to locate the pair and stay with them overnight until daybreak when they were choppered out. I was climbing up a hill. Hunter was right behind me. I lost my footing. I slid back a little bit and uh, it pushed him into the gully and that's where he hurt his shoulder. Puts a big smile on your face. Eh? Anytime you can get people out and they're in really good, they're in good shape and they've got a smile on their face. And then when you see a dog with a face like that, I mean, that's, that was perfect. And thankfully, as you can see, no one seems worse for wear. And a big thank you from Hunter and his owner. Taking a walk on North America's longest pedestrian suspension bridge. The heart-stopping surprise in the middle of it later on the news hour. Light pink sky up on the roof. Also ahead, the Toronto Music School making the charts with Taylor Swift. That's also coming up tonight on the news hour. 
Right now, though, Victoria is now one of two finalists to host the 2022 Invictus Games. The games for injured military personnel were created in 2014 by Prince Harry, the Duke of Sussex. Kylie Stanton with more now on Victoria's bid. And if successful, why supporters say it's a win-win for the community and BC. Every athlete here has been tested and challenged in ways many can't even begin to imagine. I had lost my vision because of a brain tumor. I suffered some sexual trauma. But the one thing they have in common is their fighting spirit. Last one. Good job. Good job. And there's a word for that. I am Invictus. 11 cities from around the globe have been vying for the honour of hosting the 2022 Games. Initially founded by the Duke of Sussex back in 2014, it's a chance to welcome 500 athletes from 19 nations to compete in everything from archery to wheelchair tennis. And now it's down to two. I'm beyond proud that Greater Victoria is shortlisted as potential hosts for the 2022 Invictus Games. The competition? Dusseldorf in Germany. Now, members of the Invictus Games Foundation are taking part in a region-wide tour of the sports facilities to assess the city's overall bid. The venues that we've seen are great. The community spirit is terrific. But Victoria also comes with an inherent challenge. You're on Vancouver Island and, and it's, you know, it's somewhere we've got to bring people to from around the world. Those backing the bid say it'll be worth the trip. So we have military, we have sport, we have volunteer, we have a legacy. And with all three levels of government on board, approving a budget of $39 million, it also has support. Our community has definitely shown that it uh, can, can punch well above its weight class in, in hosting, and we would be very honoured to welcome the Invictus Games here. The host city will be announced in London this fall. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria. A news hour follow-up now to our story last night about a 10-year-old equestrian rider who's been told she can't compete because she is blind. As Jill Bennett reports, we're hearing tonight from both the Equestrian Association and advocates for people with disabilities. He helps me by telling me to go left if the jump's on the left. Kyra Barrett is just 10 years old, but she's already developed a huge passion for riding horses. She's been legally blind since birth. She's able to compete with the help of a guide horse and rider. It's the funnest thing ever. Jumping, you fly for the air, and then cross country, you get to gallop and be free. Barrett was planning to compete in an event this coming weekend in Chilliwack. Her mom says, though, after being certified to take part with aids, including a guide horse, the governing body, Equestrian Canada, sent a letter saying that guide horse is not allowed. Kyra cannot event. Uh, she can only do dressage. And for some reason, Equine Canada feels that any para rider with any sort of disability should only do dressage. But Equestrian Canada says there is a rule and there is no country in the world that allows for a lead horse on a cross-country course. Our key concern as a sport governing body is the safety of the athletes which compete in events and having a lead horse which is uh, you know, leading the way for a horse and rider that uh, has impaired vision is at a risk level that our rules don't allow for that at this time. This disability advocate says it's a case that raises the issue of accessibility in sport. I would say it's pretty discouraging and it just shows how unfair it is and how there's so much more work that needs to be done in terms of sporting, events and competitions to accommodate for people with disabilities. We 
have a gutsy young girl that really wants to ride and do this and of course want to encourage that but we have to make sure that we, we're creating a safe environment for, for our riders as well. He says the rules might change in the future but that won't be in time for the next event Barrett has her heart set on. Jill Bennett, Global News. Two men are facing charges in connection with multiple catalytic converter thefts in Vancouver and Surrey. The 39-year-old and 27-year-old were allegedly caught red-handed on Southwest Marine Drive near the Oak Street Bridge with three converters in their trunk. Police say both men have lengthy rap sheets. Catalytic converters contain precious metals that, when recycled, do have some monetary value to them. And that is what these two gentlemen have been doing. They have been involved in very similar incidents in the past, and in this instance, they are alleged to be involved in mischief over 5,000, theft under 5,000, and driving while prohibited. BC's billionaire businessman has found himself embroiled in a controversy over political billboards that have popped up across Canada. Jimmy Pattison's company says billboards that advocate against what the what they say, uh, what they call rather mass immigration, will be taken down, and that has the people who paid for them crying censorship. It's an ad campaign that carries some shock value. And these billboards featuring People's Party of Canada leader Maxime Bernier started popping up across the country late last week. Say no to mass Im immigration. Say no to that billboard. It's crazy. I think it's nuts. I think there needs to be some sort of protection perhaps for the community with any far-right messages. And it's the political message that's under fire. The slogan, which advocates against mass immigration, appeared on billboards in cities including Winnipeg, Quebec City, Halifax and Toronto. And after a weekend of criticism, the company that owns the billboards, Patterson Outdoor Advertising, removed them. The People's Party of Canada did not place the ads. They were paid for by True North Strong and Free Advertising Corp. But party leader Maxime Bernier, who has been vocal about his stance on immigration, defended the billboard Sunday night during his campaign launch in St. Marie, Quebec. We need to go back. We need to have fewer immigrants, but we need to be sure that these people would be able to integrate our society, to be part of our society. The billboards hit a nerve with many who took offense to these five words, say no to mass immigration. Being a first generation Canadian myself and my parents being immigrants, um, I couldn't imagine something of this sort ever being allowed in Canada. People have a free speech, but there's a certain boundary that you have to stay between. Um, yes, you can say what you want, but if it's going to be hurtful to other people, then you should just not say it. But will the ad campaign impact the upcoming election? Polls suggest the People's Party of Canada is sitting at about 4% when it comes to voter support. I think he knew what he was doing. I don't think he expected that the billboards would come down. Not only is he going to save money, he's getting all this free advertising. We're talking about it. With Brazil's Amazon rainforest burning at a record rate, more than 74,000 fires since January, world leaders are finally taking action. But will it be enough? The G7 leaders pledged $20 million to fight the fires in the Amazon, part of a wide-ranging series of agreements that had Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and the other leaders declaring the meeting a major success. Global's Abigail Beeman reports. 
Instead of the traditional final agreement spanning pages, leaders here at the G7 came up with a very simple one-pager with points on Hong Kong and Iran. And on trade, the group backs a system that's open and fair. Still, from what was a tense summit at the outset, world leaders say they were pleased with progress made overall. I was actually very pleased that we were able to come together on so many significant issues that matter to Canadians and indeed to people around the world. Uh, We came here uh, to make sure that Canada's voice was loudly and clearly heard. We have a lot of things to do. French President Emmanuel Macron said he wanted the fires raging in the Amazon to be at the top of the agenda. And on that, as a group, the G7 committed to millions of dollars and a plan to help. Separately, Canada announced its own $15 million contribution and it will send water bombers. But that G7 aid decision was made without the American president at the table. Donald Trump skipped out on the session on climate change and oceans. Both Macron and Trudeau say they know the American position on climate change. Trudeau linked it back to the election, saying his government has taken leadership and he's looking forward to bringing that conversation to Canadians this fall. Next year is an election year for the U.S., and it's also that country's turn to host the G7, meaning the leader who has caused the most discord will set the agenda. The president said here there's a good chance the event will be held at the Trump Resort near Miami. Abigail Beeman, Global News, Biarritz, France. Now, while millions of dollars uh, will help in the firefighting efforts in the Amazon rainforest, critics say much more needs to be done, and some are wondering if too much damage has already been done. This is an Amazon rainforest graveyard. The land burned to make way for soybean farms. William Ferreira da Silva is earning $15 a day, considered a good wage in Ondonia. How do you feel about the destruction of the Amazon? He says, I feel bad. The smoke and destruction is atrocious. Scientists say once the trees are destroyed, the climate here is severely altered. Because part of what fuels the rainforest is the water in the trees that escapes through the leaves. It's called transpiration. Water vapor rises and then builds the rain clouds. It's a cycle that is the lifeblood of the rainforest. But with the trees cut down, that cycle is broken turning a once lush rainforest into an arid savanna. Tonight with 43,000 troops here to stop the fires, not one person has been arrested for setting them, something that climate scientists and activists say is an irreversible crime. You already have some changes taking place, and what is projected is much graver. It affects water supplies, agriculture, all sorts of things. Today, world leaders at the G7 summit pledged $20 million in emergency aid to help fight the fires. But it is yet to be seen when, how, or if it will even make a dent in the destruction now happening here. Caught on video, the sudden collapse of a bridge in Turkey. A surveillance camera captures the moment part of the bridge caves in, sending two pedestrians and a car into the river below. Miraculously, the two people survived with only minor injuries. Local authorities blame torrential rain over the weekend. A landmark ruling in Oklahoma tonight that could have a major effect in the battle against opioids. A judge has ruled drug giant Johnson & Johnson helped fuel that state's opioid crisis. And it's ordering Johnson & Johnson to pay more than half a billion dollars. Late this afternoon, a landmark decision. Defendants caused an opioid crisis that is evidenced by increased rates of addiction, overdose deaths, and neonatal abstinence syndrome in Oklahoma. 
the judge ruling against Johnson & Johnson, saying the company is liable for aggressively marketing powerful painkillers while downplaying the risks. Oklahoma had asked for $17 billion to help fight the epidemic. The judge awarded $572 million, saying it would be up to the legislature to get additional funding. Prosecutors praised the award. We have proven that Johnson & Johnson built its billion-dollar brand out of greed and on the backs of pain and suffering of innocent people. Attorneys for Johnson & Johnson promised an appeal. Johnson & Johnson did not cause the opioid abuse crisis here in Oklahoma or anywhere. The case is not just about Oklahoma. There are nearly 2,000 pending lawsuits against pharmaceutical companies and distributors like Johnson & Johnson. Legal scholars have called the Oklahoma trial a litmus test and compared it to the case against Big Tobacco in the 90s when 46 attorneys general settled with the biggest cigarette companies. But for Tanya Radcliffe tonight, who testified at the trial, it's about something much smaller, her babies. Some fostered or adopted after they were born dependent on opioids. For the first time ever, to our pharmaceutical companies are going to be held responsible for the betterment of Oklahomans and beyond. And today was a win. In Health Matters tonight, two hardworking and life-saving dogs are getting some special recognition. <laughs> Angus and Dodger, the canine scent detection superstars at Vancouver Coastal Health, are now featured in the Canadian Journal of Infection Control. The dogs can detect the bacteria C. difficile as a part of a team dedicated to preventing the spread of the disease in hospitals. They show us things that we've never thought about or that we've taken for granted because we see it every day. An example of that would be the toilet paper dispensers in the bathrooms. Um, the dogs, especially Angus's little head, when searching a bathroom, actually fits almost up into the dispenser and that he first alerted to us and let us know and we are like, wow, that's something that we never thought of, but it makes sense now that he showed it. The physical benefits for children of extracurricular activities like team sports are well documented. But now a new study out of UBC says that for preteens at least, they're also good for mental health. Linda Aylesworth has the details. What makes a child optimistic, happy and generally satisfied with life? That's what Dr. Ava Oberla wanted to know. So she launched a study. We wanted to know how the different types of activities um, young people are participating in, how that's related to their positive and negative mental health. For two years, she studied the self-reported state of mind of over 10,000 BC youths in grades four and seven. What we found that was that children who mainly participated in activities that involved team sports, that was related to positive outcomes over time. Dr. Obola says it isn't the sport itself that results in better mental health outcomes, it's the peer belonging aspect that makes the difference. There's a common goal, you work to this goal, towards this goal together, so you have to stick together as a team. And you know, you win together, you celebrate together, but you also lose together, and you have to support each other through that too. And it doesn't have to be a sport. Working together in a band or orchestra can have the same positive results. As for adolescents who do not participate in team activities, they reported higher levels of depression and anxiety. 
anxiety. And the anxiety um, that we measured here is actually was quite specific to social anxiety. So being worried about um, how you might appear in front of others, what others might think about you. Her study raises as many questions as it answers. The focus of her next study? Kids who are not participating in activities, do they not want to participate or can they not participate? Linda Aylesworth, Global News. Students at a Toronto music school are on cloud nine tonight celebrating their role in the new number one album on the charts. One of their melodies has been sampled by none other than Taylor Swift for a song on her new album, Lover. It's a contribution that could pay dividends well into the future. Taylor Swift, like, she actually took the composition, which is wild. When we created this project, the goal was to always, you know, get the compositions used uh, by other artists, and the fact that um, it's been used by one of the, the biggest pop stars in the world, I mean, that's just not something that we could have ever imagined. This one's more of like a lullaby almost. That's what I really like about it. And when I first heard the song, I didn't really um, expect that we would be able to uh, recognize our composition on it right away. But when I heard the song, I was like, yeah, that's us. That's us singing. Like, yeah. It's nice to have a friend. It's not just a one-off donation. Like, as you know, the way that the project works is the royalties um, from the song um, are paid out to the school for the life of the song. So it's almost a sustainable donation. It is really exciting. I can't even think of any other words to describe this, but all I know is that no matter what happens, the opportunity might be just a once-in-a-lifetime chance. Light pink sky up on the roof. The song, It's Nice to Have a Friend, appears on Swift's new album, Lover. On top of the royalties, Swift also made a generous donation to the music school. An incredible display of strength, how he landed a spot in the record books right after the forecast. All right, meteorologist Yvonne Schell, is it We Love Water Monday? <laughs> I thought it was Wednesday usually. We had Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays uh, this, uh, this time around. And this is the last day of our campaign, and we'll start off with our question, how much water can you save by using a broom instead of a running hose to clean driveways and patios for 15 minutes? And the answer is using a broom instead of a running hose to clean outdoor surfaces can save 675 liters of water over 15 minutes. And if you'd like more water-saving tips, visit welovewater.ca. All right, to the forecast, it's beautiful. This is a gorgeous shot overlooking English Bay. We've seen plenty of sunshine and temperatures are going to warm up and heat up for many spots across the province over the next few days. We're sitting into the low 20s. We've got a northwesterly wind at 24 kilometers per hour. Our high today was up to 21. Areas away from the water, 25. And with the Humidex feeling closer to 30 degrees. A few other spots across the province with Kelowna getting up to 24 trail a hot one today up to 27 degrees in Victoria at 22. A quick look at our August so far. It's been a dry one. Some of the numbers, we've had five days with rain, giving us a total of 24.8. We're below the average for this time of the year of 36.7. The wettest day for us was on the 21st where we had 12.4 millimeters. And looking ahead towards our Saturday, we could see a few isolated showers popping up. Bulk of the moisture, however, has been across the north coast. We still have an additional 
excuse me, 20 and up to 30 millimeters of rain falling this evening. And that same system is going to bring in some instability across the central interior. We are looking at a chance of showers and then it's the southern half that will continue to be dry and the temperatures are going to bump even hotter across the southern half of the province. Ridge of high pressure, very strong. The peak of the heat for Metro Vancouver will be Wednesday and most areas for the interior will be on your Thursday, Friday. On Saturday, we could start to track a change on the way with an increase in cloud cover. Some of the numbers so on Wednesday, away from the water, getting up to 30 degrees, a heads up. Northern half of the province, so the rain easing off. The central half will see a chance of showers. Much of the southern half tomorrow heating up, dry and sunny into the 30s. And right along the south coast, especially inland, tomorrow will be into the low 30s. Your peony forecast for tomorrow, a hot one. You'll have to stay hydrated, grab the sunscreen. Our five-day forecast, so fantastic. Hot all the way towards our Friday and a few clouds in the mix on our Saturday so far. Back to you. All right, thanks, Yvonne. A Georgian strongman is hoping to get into the Guinness Book of World Records with his digital feat of strength. Georgi Rostomashvili pulled a 200-ton ship with just his middle finger. The ocean tug Tamara 2 floated five meters to the shore, propelled only by his efforts. He has set a new record in his country for the heaviest boat pulled with a finger, because apparently <laughs> that is a thing. But now his reps are trying to get in touch with the Guinness people. He- heaviest boat pulled with a finger. Uh, how, like, how does that even happen the first time? Like, is it a guy in a boat? You with the strong looking finger, can you pull us in the shore? The tugboats are off today. Like, easier to pull it to when it's in the water? Yeah, and why not use both? Like, what can he pull with? You're not going to get in the record books yeah. if you're using both hands. I understand. You just got to use the finger. I, I won't one. show you which finger, but I'll just one. Use his Actually, you know what? Tomorrow, you. well, you talk to her on this very program. We'll do a story on the strong woman at the at the PNH oh, yes. who Mama rips who yeah. rips the uh, telephone book. books in half. And Ben's frying pan. Did you check the telephone book? Did you take it? Like I have I have half it in my car. I'm oh, gonna you show do? it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Don't worry. All right. Not good news. No, not at all. Uh, he's one of the uh, most well liked players in the CFL. So everybody was shocked when the head office of the Canadian Football League said that Winnipeg star running back and former BC Lion Andrew Harris has been suspended two games for having a performance-enhancing substance in his system. Two games is the punishment for the first offense. If there's a second, it would be nine games. Harris is a hero in Winnipeg, and he says he did not take the substance on purpose. It came through using a supplement, but neither he or the CFL would say which supplement he took. He did hold a press conference, make that today in Winnipeg, to tell his side of the story. Um, I would never intentionally cheat. And I'm in a situation right now where I'm being questioned and it hurts. I put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into this game and worked my butt off to be where I'm at. And, uh, you know, it's being questioned and and, uh it's tough does andrew harris look and sound like a cheater you can be the judge and jury cfl suspending its leading rusher two games for testing positive for using a banned substance harris was drug tested in march and then twice in july during a 10-day period it was after the third test he was notified of a positive result for trace amounts of methadinone an anabolic steroid there's there's lots of things i could have done i mean i just biggest one is just not taking it but again said it was all natural and 
Um, got it from a natural health store, and here I am. Well, they've announced the, the milestones and the emotion from a guy who deserves the adulation of the fans here. Harris is one of the league's most respected players. He's 10th all-time in CFL rushing yards and recently became the all-time leader in yards from scrimmage by a Canadian. And that's what makes this positive drug test for using a banned substance a tough one. Does it at all tarnish the Hall of Fame career that Harris has put together? If you look at the, the dates, um, July 2nd, I had a blood and urine test, which came negative. And then on July 12th, um, there was a very small trace of a banned substance. So um, if I was intentionally taking the substance, there'd be more of a, a volume in, in my system and, um, instead of the small trace. My teammates have been very supportive. Um, they know how much I care about them and, and, and the season, and um, they know that I would never, again, do, do, do something like this intentionally. So um, their support's been great. U.S. Open, Jeannie Bouchard. It's not been a good year. She, of course, lost in the first round of the Autumn Brown, and she's going to lose in the first round here. Looked like a nice drop shot, but Anastasia Sevastova gets to it. Sevastova ranked 12th at this year's U.S. Open, so if Jeannie Bouchard had won this, it would have been a huge upset. As you can tell by the way I'm talking, she didn't win this. She uh, lost both sets, 6-3, 6-3, and this will be the 12th straight match she has lost. So Bouchard, even though she has a new coach, again, things still aren't changing. Maria Sharapova, Serena Williams. This is also first-round action. What a matchup for the first round, although Sharapova is not the player she used to be, and Serena just never seems to change. They don't like each other very much, these two. Serena came into this leading the series against Sharapova 19-2. There wasn't much Sharapova could do. Serena was on her game. Spike Lee's happy. Nice glasses. Here we go with Serena in the second set. Down the line. Match point. And for the first time in her U.S. Open career, Sharapova is out the door, and I do mean out the door, in round one. All right, we have no audio on this. Now, people were cheering, and the basketball was making noise, I'm guessing, but this is Canada, the USA, and Australia. Warm up for the World Cup. Maybe they were playing silently because there's a, I don't know, sleeping infants mm -hmm. in the adjacent building. Or whatever the case, yeah, it was considerate. Donovan Mitchell there with the one-handed jam. This is Jason Tatum with the big slam. It was the Americans easy over Canada. Canadians only had one NBA player on the court. Okay, so this is last night. Um, softball from Surrey, Canada-Cuba. This is the 10-team... America's Olympic qualifier. Top two teams will get into the Olympics next year in Tokyo. Canada beat Cuba by the score of 17 to nothing in this one. Canadians have a good chance to qualify the, for the Olympics. The Olympics actually is only a 16, no, make that a 16 tournament. Only six, six teams. teams. Six not teams, 16. not 16. There's an M instead of an N. Gotcha. Six team tournament. Six next team year. tournament. There you go. Okay, thanks, Squire. All right, this is not for you, but oh. you can watch. Should I look away? You might have to. All right.
North Vancouver's Capilano Suspension Bridge has some new competition south of the border. It is now open to the public. The Gatlinburg Pedestrian Suspension Bridge in Tennessee is the longest one in North America, and it has an extra special feature in the middle. Take a look. Here's the bar, guys. Have a great day. In Tennessee's Smoky Mountains, this was the best seat in Gatlinburg for 65 years. But today, it is just the way up to an adventure that is taking people's breath away. <laughs> Welcome to the brand new Gatlinburg Sky Bridge, the longest pedestrian suspension bridge in North America. And right around the middle of the bridge, uh, things get pretty interesting. Come on, bud. Here, fears are conquered. Good job. Right, you wanna give me your hand here? here just A walk of faith where strangers oh, will reach oh, for your hand. You got it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Or ask you to take their picture. Happy anniversary. A perfect spot to rekindle 25 years of romance in the mountains of Appalachia. But there was a time just a few years ago where these lush mountain views, this incredible green landscape, could not have been further from anyone's mind. In 2016, forest fires ravaged the hillside, leaving the old chairlift and a half a century of its history in ruins. When we got the word it was coming our direction, coming fast, we knew we were in trouble. Now, born out of the ashes, a new astonishing overlook. Like an eagle's view up here. Once again, introducing <laughs> generations to a view that's defined this city for decades. Oh, Gotti Schwartz, NBC News, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. How do you feel about it? Sign me up. I'd go. Yeah. You're yeah. good? Yeah. Squire, we'll take pictures for you. Yeah, you tell me how it is. Yeah. You go. Have you, have, you, have you been on the Capilano suspension? Yes, I have. There's actually a story on a it. A friend of mine actually took a photo of me halfway across, mm -hmm. and I look really unhappy. Right. <laughs> I'm holding both sides, and I don't want anybody near me. Like, go away. You were just putting it on. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were enjoying it. No, actually, yourself. you know what? I admit my fears. I won't face them, but I'll admit them. Okay, that's See? the first step. All right, thank you. <laughs> that's all the time we have for tonight. Thanks for watching. I've got 11 more steps in this program. <laughs> <laughs> Good night.